Welcome to the Maddox Sessions, and today I'm excited to gain some insight on why your personal brand is critical to your success and hear expertise on how we can all elevate our brand more than just our Instagram. I'm Jordan Graham, and I'm, I'm excited to be joined by Leela Singh, founder and CEO of Success Redefined Limited, a personal branding and co coaching consultancy which provides training consultancy, one-to-one -one and group coaching for current leaders, but also those aspiring to make a change. How are you doing, Leela? Hi, Jordan. I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How is everything on your side? Um, considering everything that's going on, that we're in quarantine, um, not going out and about, sort of how is your, how's your life right now? Um, I'm grateful to say that it's actually good in the sense that I've just been at home doing as I've been told and staying indoors and um, yeah it's allowed me to just really get focused more on my business um, and I'm, I'm making a lot of headway on things at the moment so it's I, I kind of welcome the time at the moment. Nice, nice. It's good that um, obviously you're staying at home and sticking to the rules. Um, it would be great for you to sort of share with our listeners um, sort of just a bit more about your business and sort of how you've been able obviously to adapt and just yeah continue your work while staying at home because we know so many professional whole industries are really hit with the lockdown um, so yeah just give us a bit more background about yourself and how you've managed to adapt in this period. Sure um, well I, I've spent 25 years in, in a corporate career so um having my own business is, is still fairly new for me. I've only been full-time in, in the business for the last maybe 18 months or so, albeit I started it six years ago while I was still working full-time. Um, so in terms of a little bit of context and background of myself, um, I embarked on my career journey um, as an accountant and I spent about six years in various finance roles. And then I, I moved on to um, a sales role, in fact, in recruitment, which was a huge jump. And, and many people challenged me on that and why I would do such a thing. But I think for me, that was my biggest um, uh, uh, professional growth opportunity because I really took myself out of my comfort zone. Um, prior to that, I had believed that just keeping your head down and working really hard was enough to get you the career success that you wanted. Um, and during my time in finance, I quickly realized that that actually wasn't enough. Yeah. And at the time I was quite shy. I lacked self-esteem and confidence. I didn't really speak up. Um, people didn't know who I was, what I was good at. So yeah. that was going to hold me back. Um, and I just had this uh, uh, almost calling towards going to do something like recruitment it just looked like a fantastic opportunity yeah. um, and I think for me it just propelled me forward in terms of giving me that confidence by yeah. putting me in a situation where I had to yeah. speak up and approach people and call, call and, and that kind of thing yeah. um, and it just really really helped me grow and on the back of that I, I then got made redundant after a few years and I joined Hewlett-Packard Enterprise where I was for yeah. 16 years um, and during that time, I worked within corporate finance. So again, a completely new, um, both industry and the role for me. So stretching myself again, but just learning so, so much and realizing my own capabilities. Yeah. And thereafter, I was offered a role as a sales executive within, still within Hewlett-Packard Enterprise. Um, so I did that for about 10 years. 
and really prove to myself that we can achieve whatever we put our minds to. I was mm. able to deliver a little shy of 800, uh, 800, uh, sorry, $800 million worth of business um, during that 10 years. So for me, that was a huge personal achievement. Um, And so over the last sort of maybe 10 years or so, I've always had a huge interest in personal growth. And I've read a lot of books and and attended various courses to help uh, with my own personal development. Mm. And um maybe about five or six years ago I discovered neuro-linguistic programming and I went on a journey of working on breakthroughs for myself personally um around my own confidence about public speaking and a number of things I hadn't realized was holding me back um and as a consequence of that's when I realized I really wanted to, to bring to people's awareness the skills that we have are innately to enable us to achieve so much more than we realize because many people do spend time you know that inner dialogue we have where we're telling ourselves we're not good enough we're not smart enough we're not pretty enough all those things that hold us back um and so for me that's when I started embarking on how can I create something to help other people um Mm. and so that kind of brings me to today I, I left my job at HPE about 16 17 months ago um so I've been full-time in my business which is as you said um about coaching mentoring other people career professionals who Mm. want to grow and accelerate in their career um and so in terms of personal branding how did that come about that was the consequence of looking at all my experience, my skills, my expertise and what I love doing and thinking okay what what does this actually look like and when I put all those pieces together, I realized actually that is about your personal brand. Yeah. Um, as you alluded to, many people believe that personal branding is about either your online profile and how many followers you have and, and likes that you get and, and how good your LinkedIn profile is. Um, and some people also believe it's about your style, the colors that you wear and how you dress, how you look. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree all of that is important and it's relevant. Um, but I think more importantly, your personal brand starts with you as an individual and who you are. Um, but also it's about how you show up in person. Mm. And I think, you know, we, we can all um, put on a, a great profile on LinkedIn, for example, mm. on, on Facebook. But who we are in reality, in truth, is the person that people will see. Yeah, and therefore we want that to be aligned. We want that to be congruent. So that that's kind of how I've gotten to where I am today. Thank you for that. I um I have so many questions. Um, I think the main <laughs> one that's um standing out, just sort of um going back before we jump into the personal branding specifically, just this idea of intention, um, of sort of getting out your comfort zone, identifying your skills and developing them and sort of when you were explaining your career history and sort of getting to where you are now, um, you know, you could have heard, you heard certain moments of intention and sort of understanding that you were ready for the next thing. Um, Can you provide Mm -hmm. just really quickly some quick advice on how, how do you take that leap of faith, you know? you will eventually get to the point where you'll eventually get to the point where you're like, okay, I really need to do something else now, but there still Mm. needs to be something like to tip you over and go into that 
unknown zone, the growth, you know, the growth zone. Um, so just yeah. any advice on sort of being more, yeah, being more intent, yeah, being more intentional with your moves and your growth and everything. Cause yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. I think, um, three things that come to mind for that. So the first one is the question I always ask myself is what is the worst that can happen? Right. Um, and even when I was leaving HPE, you know, I had planned it and people knew I was planning it for a while, but even when it came to the crux of it, yeah. you know, I, I kind of had a bit of a panic about, Oh my God, this is my identity. I've been here for years and, and this is what I know. And I've got a, a massive network of great people and I'm stepping away from us. I have no identity. So Again, it's that inner dialogue, and we all do it. I still do it. Um, and it, it's kind of catching yourself, checking in with yourself, and actually rationalizing it a little bit, and then saying, well, for me, it was, well, what, what is the worst that could possibly happen? Actually, if I don't enjoy running my business, if it doesn't work for any reason, I go get a job, okay? Yeah. You know, so really, that, that for me, that that was it. And, and it's for anything. It, it's what is the worst that could possibly happen? And I think for many people, it's a fear of failure. Yeah. Sometimes it's a fear of success. Um, it, it's, it's all around your fear. Mm. And again, this is our own self-sabotage. So by when I coach my clients, I'm always talking about awareness, levels of your own self-awareness. Yeah. And, you know, this is a great opportunity to start tuning into yourself and what you're telling yourself. And a great question is to say, well, what you're telling yourself, is that something you would tell a five-year-old child? Because probably not. You will encourage them. You want them to grow. You want them to, to embrace opportunities and try new things. Right. So, but yet we actually, with ourselves, we kind of knock ourselves down and hold ourselves back. So I think that is your, kind of one of your starting points is to really start checking in with what you're saying to yourself um the second thing is to grab opportunities yeah you know again this whole fear of failure but grabbing opportunities and thinking okay you can see it but why would you not grab it it's like that and the statistics i think it's actually hp statistics that talk about um some research where men will apply for a job if only know i think it was i don't know 40 percent or something of the job spec mm -hmm um whereas women need to feel they've done they can do 100 percent. and my challenge my question there would be to challenge you and say well if you can do 100 percent, what is the point of taking the role where's the growth you know maybe it's a pay rise and it's just about the money and that's okay but actually if you want the growth and the development then surely you would look for a role where at least you've got 20 percent that you don't know that you get to learn yeah so, so I think that's the other thing. And, and also it's a, the third point would be regret. You know, we, we can look back when we're 50, 60, 70 years old and think, what would have happened if I made that decision to do something different? Um, and I think if we start to consider that, it's, it, it, it then puts it into perspective. You know, we can stay safe, but actually innately human nature is that we do want to grow. We do want to learn. And by not doing that, we are missing it. And I learned that early on um, simply because from the age of about 11 through to about 26, so a very considerable amount of time, I had really severe skin problems. Right. Um, 
And as a consequence, I had no confidence because fortunately I wasn't bullied about it, but I was very conscious of it. And as I, I kind of wanted to hide away. So things that now I would consider simple stuff like going to sporting events or to a music concert or just going out and about or going clubbing with my mates um I wouldn't do because I was in and this was all in my own head as well by the way that people will be judging me oh my god she's so ugly why would you be going out and why would you go to a concert or why would you be going clubbing and you know thinking you're gonna get you know meet a nice guy looking like that there's all this stuff right um the point here is that eventually um, I then start to think, well, hold on a minute. Who's missing out here? If I keep making decisions based on all of this internal dialogue about what other people think and about judgment, the only pe- person who will suffer is myself. Yeah. No one else is going to know or care. Um, and then that's when I thought, okay, enough. This is the time where I'm just going to like almost seize the moment and take these opportunities. And and to be honest with you, there's so many opportunities that I've grabbed over the last five, six years, particularly, you yeah. know, as well as in my job that I've, I've done, that I've taken on where I've not had the experience. Um, you know, I would never have imagined when I started out my career being in sales because I was so timid, right? I had no confidence. Um, and to be successful in it was a, was a really great personal achievement for me it's not about showing off to people but for me it's like it it proves to me something somebody once said to me is if you we we can achieve whatever we put our mind to you know if we really want something and you know since then I've you know I've walked on hot coals I've walked on broken glass you know I'm now I'm a professional speaker now I speak it in front of big audiences these are things I'd never have dreamt of having the courage to do right um and i'm not i'm not special i'm just another normal human being who has that inner dialogue who sometimes lacks that confidence all those things but again it's we get what we focus on so yeah. i think those three things are the key, the key things to to really help ourselves to grow a hundred percent um it was really sort of i just have a huge smile on my face um obviously our listeners can't see that but um I think sort of what you just mentioned is sort of that, you know, falling into the fear and always thinking about, oh, what could happen? Oh, this bad thing could happen. Oh, what if this happens? And how about we try flip that into the positive thinking? And actually, as you sort of said, we can achieve what we want. So why don't we think of the unlimited great opportunities not just the fear of oh if this doesn't happen then it has a knock-on effect and I don't get this then I don't get the pay rise then I won't get this job but how about the meeting's gonna go great I'm gonna get my pay rise I'm gonna move on to this like I think um what you sort of highlight is sort of that flipping and sort of having that same control of allowing your fears to run wild but actually running your sort of figuring out who you are, what you really want, and allowing that to run wild. Um, And obviously, you've been able to do it because you took the leap um, into your passion of personal branding and obviously assisting people. um, I want to say people, not just professionals, but people on a whole to obviously just understand themselves, figure out self-awareness techniques, um, and obviously how they can be better um so when it does come to the personal branding the sort of stereotypical 
images, our online selves, um, sort of how you mentioned how we build our LinkedIn profiles, our Instagram page, um, and so forth. But it's also something that you've mentioned. Um, obviously, there's the physical aspect on sort of how you show up in person. Um, obviously, that's a bit harder now. Um, but I guess it would be good, yeah, just to hear a bit more from yourself about sort of the I don't know, the five tips and tricks of personal branding or, you know, the foundation um, for our listeners on how obviously they can do both sides, the online and the physical, and really use that to their success. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think the starting point is getting to know who you really are. So, for example, asking the questions, who you are, what you stand for, what you want to be known for. And those, those that's almost like your starting point because oftentimes with um, personal branding and your reputation, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking it's what we think it is, but actually it's others' perceptions of us. In the same way that large companies have mm. their brand and their reputation, but that is actually based on what everyone else thinks of them. You know, whether it's the Apple, the Nike, the McDonald's, the Coke, you know, that, that's all about others' perception yeah. of them as a brand. And it's the same with us as individuals. Um, and also just to caveat this, that some people feel that um, if they work for a company that's well-known, well, why do they need to have a personal brand? Because the brand is the company they worked for. You're representing them. And yes, it is yeah. true. But actually, particularly in the current climate of, of the competitive landscape that we are working in, it's important to have that ability to stand out and to be noticed. Otherwise, you're in that sea of sameness. Yeah. That's the risk that you run, and you may even find yourself being invisible. Yeah. And that's where you miss out on the opportunities. Yeah. So that that kind of emphasised the importance of this, of, of having that personal brand. Mm. Um, so, so then we come to what does that mean? So we start with, as I said, who we are we look at ourselves and oftentimes people feel uncomfortable with this they don't like to have that self-reflection because they're scared of what will come up um interestingly because I've uh, written a book about five years ago it's called success redefined and um I had um a couple of friends who'd bought it actually came back and said I was really struggling to read that and I said why they said well because you ask some questions that make us have to look at ourselves and I didn't want to do that so I struggled to read it. And I thought, yeah. that was an interesting learning for me. Um, however, that is really the starting point. And then by virtue of getting clear on that, and also as part of that, looking at things like, what what do you want other people to, to feel and to think of when they hear your name mentioned? So is it going to be, oh my God, not that person. I really don't want to come and, and join our team or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or, so, oh my God, that person's amazing. I've heard so many great things about them. They're really like positive and inspiring and et cetera, et cetera. So it's thinking about that feeling you want other people to experience when they meet you, when they work with you, you know, when they talk with you over the phone. Yeah. So that in itself yeah. is kind of your starting point, your foundation. And then... The next thing is mindset, which we've kind of touched on already. That's the second part because I've identified six six sort of core areas. Yeah. These areas that I've identified, which for me I realized was important during my career. Yeah. Um, the things that I needed to really master and, and integrate in order to be able to 
achieve the success that I wanted. And with regards to mindset, as I said, you know, we touched on it with regards to, to what we choose to focus on, um, having that level of self-awareness, letting go of yeah. our inner talk, our inner self-talk that holds us back, um, and ultimately showing up with that winning mindset. So showing up with absolute confidence and certainty in ourselves, in our own abilities, having that level of self-belief because that's where it starts from you know people will pick up on the fact that we're lacking in confidence or belief in ourselves or our work so that can take a lot of work and I've spent a a lot of time with various coaches um and working on my own mindset and I've always been a positive person but yet you'll still find things like I said that in a dialogue that will crop up um so that, that is a huge one this is the biggest thing that can hold us back from moving forward and will be our self-sabotage is the, is the mindset that we carry and we get to choose to do something yeah. differently so uh, something I always share with people on this is again with the self-awareness to start becoming aware of the thoughts that you have and you then have a choice mm. to change the meaning that you give to those thoughts you know so is something yeah. a problem or is it an opportunity is it good or is it bad yeah um Jumping in, um, what's something that's sort of still sticking into my head and it's sort of why you're speaking about it and that sort of self-awareness is why why do you think it's so hard for some people to even put themselves in that position of actually trying to be self-aware? And Because obviously, as, as you've sort of said, the self-awareness and I guess the um, clarity of yourself at, is the foundation and the starting mm-hmm. point. But why... You know, the experience that you said of like your colleagues um, that read the book and it was difficult for them. Is there a reason that you think why, you know, just even getting to the first point, why is it difficult for us to put a mirror up and break down ourselves? (laughs) And and I think from my own experience, uh, and this is, you know, I'm guilty of this. So um, I I truly believe I've had a, a blessed life. I've not been through significant trauma to speak of. Um, but yet there are what I perceive to be smaller things that I've experienced during my life, which subconsciously, Mm. this wasn't a conscious decision, but subconsciously, um, I'd almost put in a box and not deal with. So obviously things that relate to emotional situations, right? And we've all had that in some shape or form to one extreme or another. And I remember I used to say this out loud. I said, oh, I just put that in a box and move on. I don't, don't need to deal with that, Right which meant that as I then did a lot of work on myself through personal development, I started to see the pattern Mm -hmm. of what I did. I kept myself really busy so that I didn't have that time and space for these emotions to show up. I focus elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that's not healthy because that then suppresses our emotions, which is one of the root causes of disease in our body. It affects our physiology, right? So, in that case and it's like meditation it's like having that space of quiet or being on your own a lot of people struggle with that Mm. simply because that's when you start getting carried away with your thoughts and it can take you to possibly a dark place or place you just don't want to go yeah you know I had a very good friend of mine tell me uh, a couple of years ago she said oh you have so much courage with what you do and I said what do you mean she goes you're always like peeling off that next layer and that next layer with like with the coaches that I work with, right? Mm-hmm. 
and and like and discovering things but then you bring those things to the surface you get to deal with them and let go of them right and that that's yeah. the, that's the big transformation that's the big shift to enable you to let go of yeah those those thoughts that are holding you back um or the judgment for example yeah. of, of other people's judgment of you those kinds of things yeah um and I've realized again through through coaching my clients that some are more open than others to that or sometimes I'm yeah. like, well why are we going down this path because that's not relevant you know I've asked you for help with um, my getting a promotion let's say but that that's the problem they come with and in coaching we always talk about this the the presenting problem i.e I want to yeah enhance my career is never the true problem there's an underlying issue let's call it cause or cause precisely which is actually creating the problem but there's the problem people yeah. go near um and that's why we keep ourselves so occupied with noise like I'm used to quiet space I, I live on my own and I'm used to quiet whereas I see other people I observe yeah. they always have to have the radio on the tv on some music there's always something yeah and it's to block out the quiet, which is the other noise that we don't want to hear. Yeah. So I, I believe that's yeah. part of it. And, it. and it's the um, really interesting that you said that because um, obviously when you were talking about, I guess, the second main point of sort of mindset and, you know, having the confidence and certainty, one of my um, questions that I wanted to ask was sort of how can we create that certainty now in such a time where we don't have the means to block out the noise anymore like you know let me just put it in the box let's go out for dinner let's go out for drinks let's do this do that we don't have that anymore um so I guess yeah just moving on to the second point how how can we create that sort of certainty in this sort of moment even if it's with ourselves and take control of the noise mm. Mm, I mean, that can potentially be a contentious one because I think there is there's a different schools of thought on that, and a, a lot of people right now are driven by fear, and a lot of that fear is driven by the media and the news, right, and what we're reading yeah. online. Um, so again, it's it's yeah. it's the ability to take a step back and to really question, you know what is going on okay yeah and I totally appreciate you know whether it's people losing loved ones losing their jobs you know it, yeah. we're not in a great place right now but then and, and there is no certainty right now even for me as a business like I'm thinking well I've no idea where this will end up but I I, I, I bring myself back to being grounded about it and think, okay well let's just take this a day or a week at a time and see where we'll get to but yeah. I have that I guess that level of awareness of okay what's the worst that could possibly happen things will work itself out and yeah. there is a school of thought that we get what we focus on and if we focus on the fear factor and on all of the negativity around it of what could possibly maybe we're more likely to attract that energetically um and not wanting to go off too much on a tangent with that which I could, um, but ultimately by focusing on getting clear on, and this is a great opportunity, by the way, if, if, if you are someone who is at home and, and, you know, you're not doing the commute and you've got that bit much more time is to really stop and take stock of yourself and your life and what it is you really want. 
and then look at yeah. the steps to get there. What are your gaps? You know, because this this is also a great it's not great, but it is a demonstration of how unpredictable life is, our life is, and therefore those opportunities that you didn't take, those things that you haven't done yet. For example, you know, I took for granted air travel for many years. My first flight, I was six months old. My parents took me. So, and about um, eight years ago, yeah. due to a health challenge that I have, um, I was in a situation where I was told I couldn't fly. And that if I didn't deal with the problem, yeah. I'd probably never be able to get on a plane again. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I've taken this for granted. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. a situation for a lot of people now. It's, it's the small things like, I was saying to my friends the other day, you know, remember yeah. how we go out in London for a drink on a Friday night and the pub is absolutely rammed, right? Can you imagine being in that situation again? Yeah. I don't know if that'll ever happen because I think people are scared now of what they're going to catch. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to be queuing up at that bar like for 20 minutes trying to get a drink. <laughs> past everyone. It's like, oh my God, don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not. Um, but I think um, what you mentioned is a very sort of valid point and um I couldn't agree more in the sense that we are we are all made up of energy and frequencies and it's that sort of idea that we can take control and achieve what we want and it's that idea once again not falling back into the negatives and the fear because you will just attract that because that's all you're thinking about mm. um so I guess um, something I guess that would be good to hear from yourself is sort of how do we then stay present um how do we you know sort of stay with ourselves in the current moment so that we don't I guess get into that negative thought pattern and sort of build our build our brand known build our brand based on the fact on what we know we are successful for or can be successful for in this sort of present moment yeah that's a really good question and I, I say the first thing that comes to mind there is to is to, to come almost focus back on ourself and be very mindful of the noise you have around you now whether that is the media whether it's the news whether it's social media um you know I've seen people posting that um they're they're taking people off of their like on Facebook out of their friends group and things simply because um you know, they, there's so much negativity in their newsfeed. So I think it is about, you get the choice mm. of what you want to focus on. So think about the people you're surrounding yourself with, the people that I'm jumping onto calls with every day at the moment, both business and friends are people who are generally of a very positive outlook on life. And yes, we are all yeah. going through and experiencing challenges right now, but also what do you choose to focus on? You, 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 it, and actually something else that I'd recommend here is gratitude so gratitude as well um, for what we do have because the more we we focus on gratitude and, and, and being grateful for the things that we have the more we will attract more of that into our life the positive the things that we are grateful yeah. for um, fear is a very negative it's probably one of the lowest um, energetic frequencies and will attract more of that in terms of the the noise and the people that are at that frequency whereas yeah. if we're in a more positive happier focused frequency of, of, of the things that are going to be serving us best we're more likely to attract those kinds of people yeah. so 
an important thing here is to yeah. the people that you surround yourself with. Um, there is a saying, I think, the average of the, the five people you surround yourself with. So um, even if you're just on the phone with them occasionally, that's okay. But be mindful of who you've yeah. got within your um, your space. And I think... Space and circle of yours. Absolutely, yeah. And then I think, just moving on to the next step, uh, it, which is about captivate. I, I call it captivate. And this is about your presence and having a strong presence. You know, many people believe that um, making that first impression or creating a good impression is about what we say, when in actual fact, 93% of our communication is nonverbal, which means that oftentimes before we even utter the word, people are already judging or making an assessment of you and creating an impression or forming, sorry, an impression of you. So yeah. um, by again, bringing to your awareness that those uh, multiple non-verbal cues that have you showing up with that confidence, with that certainty, with a strong presence, creates an impression mm. before you've uttered the word. And sometimes it may be the case that when you do come to actually talking, it, like people already love you to bits. So whatever comes out of your mouth, it's almost doesn't matter because that's only the 7% of, of that communication. A, yeah. a good example to think about here is um, when you have a speaker on stage and if you've ever had mm -hmm. that experience where someone's come on to speak and they've got great content and knowledge and, you know, a great message to share, but yet you're feeling really uncomfortable for them and you're not quite sure why. Yep. And it's a subconscious thing. And it's because of those nonverbal cues that they're giving off that maybe they're feeling uncertainty in themselves, they're really, really nervous, they, they're not confident, um, you know, they've got all that inner dialogue going on. And that will show through in your, in your physiology as well as your eye contact. You know, the, the, when, I, when I talk about nonverbal cues, things like smiling, making eye contact, your gestures, um, and having your gestures congruent with what yeah. you're saying, um, and your physiology yeah. is a huge one. So, so feeling grounded, you know, having equal weighting on, on both feet when you stand, um, taking yeah. a couple of deep breaths before you're about to present. And this is online, this is in person. And this is, yeah. I'm not talking only about formal presentations, but even going into a meeting where you may be required to speak. And I'd like to think that you'd always take the opportunity or grab the opportunity to speak up in a meeting. Um, and, and how, so, so physiology is a big part of it and the nonverbal um, and, and how that's relevant, particularly right now is, so for example, I delivered a webinar yesterday online and that nobody could see me. They could only see my slides. And I stood up and delivered yeah. that for the entire hour because I know my energy is very, very different, particularly presenting when mm. I am stood up. And even when I was in my sales role, and I was on a call, a phone yeah. call with a client or it was a, like with my manager. It was a really important call where I need to be very focused. I would stand. I'd have my headset on, but I would be stood at my desk or I'd go into a, a quiet room to have the call. Or when I'm at home, obviously, I can just walk around and I've got my headset on. But I will stand because I know I feel yeah. more in control. I feel more confident yeah. by virtue of me feeling that. It's not about fake it till you make it because I don't buy into that. I buy into the fact that we can tweak these certain little, um, let's call it nonverbal cues in ourselves that have us showing up yeah. in that way 
So by virtue of that, the way we communicate before we've even spoken or when we're on the phone or on a Zoom call, let's say, that we just come across with a completely different energy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I could. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when when you first started talking about, I guess, this third point of um, captivate and I guess the body language and nonverbal cues, I was just thinking, okay, but how are we going to do this online now? Because, mm. you know, we're not having these physical, interactions um but you answered my question so yeah that would make a lot of sense and I think as you sort of said it's um even though now we are behind a camera and we are interacting through online means you still have that ability to obviously take control of how you feel in the situation so as you sort of said you know your tactics like standing up and still presenting um smiling when you have webcam on and still you know, there are still tips and tricks that you can do online. Um, and obviously... Sorry, no, sorry to interrupt. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I think in terms of online at the moment, you know, because we are a bit limited, unless you happen to have a high desk or you've got one of those adjustable desks, then we can't all stand up and, and be able to be seen on the camera. So what I suggest is when you are sat is to have both feet equal weight on the floor. So you're feeling very grounded, but sit up straight. And um, again, yeah. it's your posture. And you're breathing, managing that state so that you feel confident in yourself. The other thing that's very important, because remember, we're yeah. talking about other people's perception of us, is the camera. You want your camera at eye level. And I have seen so many people where they're looking down um, at the camera. Yeah. Like I've got my laptop on a lap on a stand, so it's got a slight angle, just makes it that much yeah. easier. Um, but you can even put it on some books if it's particularly if you've got a separate keyboard stack yeah. it on books so the camera's at eye level or slightly above so you're looking straight at the camera and then pe you're connecting with people that way the eye contact is then happening yeah it's not about looking at yourself and if your hair's all right yeah it's a huge difference yeah absolutely um so then I guess the um the flip side then of the non-verbal cues and the body language would be communication yes that which is the seven percent right that's the the, the verbal we actually yeah. say um and for that again you know you may not think that well how does my ability to speak necessarily impact my personal brand but again it's what you want to be engaging and in in that aspect part four i i Focus primarily on your presenting and if you're in sales, if you're pitching to, to people. Um, it's also still relevant when you're on a call, a Zoom call, or when you're on a one-to-one -one conversation with somebody. Um, and it's about being engaging. So what I mean by that is checking in with people. So if you're doing a presentation, still have the, um, the questions um, to have people, it's almost like it breaks their pattern because if they're zoning out, not yeah. in a bad way, but they might just be losing concentration because we can only concentrate for so long. By asking a question, it triggers the brain to now check in with themselves. So you don't need, need necessarily yeah. need to um, have an, a response to it, but simply by just checking in and asking, so does this make sense? So it has them going in and thinking, yeah, does this make sense? Yeah, it does. And, but you're not looking for an answer, for a response from them. Yeah. yeah um so think just bringing absolutely yeah and it, so it's just keeping that level of engagement your tonality you want to vary your tonality and your speed your pace of delivery 
to keep the momentum, to keep the engagement. And sometimes I used to be guilty of this when I'd stand up to speak. I would speak really, really quickly because I'm in front of a room of people and yeah. I really didn't want to be there. So if I just say what I have to say, I can sit back down. <laughs> and actually people want to hear your message. So by pausing and asking the question, it, all, it actually draws people yeah. in because now they're like, mm, you know, what's, what's going to be said next? So that's really powerful. Yeah. And again, there's small tips and this is, it's, it's relevant more so, I guess, for presenting or pitching, but it's still relevant in, in a, you know, a, an online call. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, with communication, obviously, it's something that I think it's quite surprising that it's only um, 7% because we think it's all about what we say and how we say it. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess, could you provide like, you maybe your go-to trip, um, go-to tip for those that aren't necessarily the best communicators, but, you know, have great ideas, are innovative, but aren't necessarily able to get their point across um you know a way to make mm. it um obviously you've highlighted you know how to bring them back and sort of ask what do you think but even before then just sort of preparing you could say Absolutely. maybe for that communication yeah. um, a go-to tip or something. yeah and that's having a framework so whether it's going into a meeting mm. a, like, when I see a lot of conference calls and again presenting in some way have some sort of if, if you do struggle with um uh, just coming up with things on your feet um which I have done in the past considerably is have a framework so preparation yeah. right but now it comes back to preparation it's yeah. a basic rule but have a framework of I'm not saying never ever script never script but have yeah. bullet points to trigger in your brain because ultimately you know your stuff right you know your content you know your yeah. area of, of expertise so what you then want to just have the bullet points to trigger you as to what you're going to talk about next or what the point that you want to remember to say yeah. um, or raise a point about something. And, and yeah. And, um, and then I guess, obviously, if you have that framework and obviously we're at point, um, the fourth C, obviously you, at that point, you know, it's sort of the idea that you have that also, that self-awareness and confidence in your own voice mm -hmm. and, you know, the value of your voice and what you need to say. And sort of, as you said, the, they're here to hear your message. Um, so, so far we've had clarity, confidence, captivate, communicate. Um, what is the fifth C? So the next one's connect. And connect is all about connection. It's about relationships. And again, what I've, I've observed, and I was actually in a training course when I was still at HPE, um, and one of the topics within the course was networking. And as soon as they brought up the slide, there was a huge groan by every single person in the room except me. That's interesting because, again, it's the meaning that we give to things, right? So, and I, again, I had yeah. this thought many years ago where our oh, networking is just about brown nosing and, you know, trying to get what you want out of people. And that sort of, to me, it's a very ne it was a negative connotation. And when this happened in the room, I remember I just turned to people and I said, but networking is just about chatting, chatting to people, getting to know people. Yeah. And if you shift that meaning to what it really is, which is about getting to know people, it's about expanding your network. Because, because here's the thing, right? We talked about grasping opportunities. And it just takes that one person yeah. 
with that one opportunity that could change your life. And it could be you meet somebody, you get to know them, they tell you about what they do, you tell them about what you're doing. They're like, oh, you know, there's somebody you need to speak to. So it might not even be that person. It could be simply somebody that they are um, recommending you to to go to speak to. Yeah. Um, and it's just those small, that, that small conversation could turn into something huge. And why is this important for personal branding? Because a big part of our brand is having those advocates who support us, the people yeah. who will recommend us and shout about us and our accomplishments um, so that we don't have to all yeah. the time. We have the people who've got our back. Yeah. Um, it's about from a, if you put it into the professional workplace, you know, by building strong relationships with people, we all benefit from it because people work better together. We get more out from each other in terms of work, of deliverables, of respecting one another's time. Um, and then if you if you expand that out, when it comes to um, job opportunities, you know, a promotion or they're creating a new role, who's top of mind? It's the people that you've built those relationships with, Right. And the same with expanding that further out yeah. to your network. You know, you want people ultimately, if you're looking to build a strong brand and stand out and be visible, you want people to, to be gravitating towards you, not having to chase everything. And yeah. I'm not saying you sit there and make no effort, but it becomes that much easier when you have people who gravitate and want to be in your circle and want to connect with you yeah. and want to be one of your advocates so for me, connection, relationships are a critical part of this. Um, another another sort of go-to tip that I would like to hear from you, um, once again, just on this connect is sort of how can you, you know, maybe if you're an aspiring leader, um, you know, you're still working on your confidence or even if you're already a leader, but, you know, you're not um, an extroverted person, let's say, um, what is your go-to tip to actually putting yourself out there you know mm. on LinkedIn you can hit connect and it just sends a connection but obviously that's not personalized um through Facebook um Instagram like there are so many different mediums to reach out to people and make connections mm -hmm. what's your go-to tip to make not not valuable connections but to make the right outreach yeah you know, to get the connection yeah. that you're looking for. Yeah, and I think if, if, if you're talking about it specifically online, um, I would absolutely suggest that you don't start looking to try and sell anything. Um, that That's the absolute yeah. no-no. <laughs> um, that's, that's a no-no. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's more about understanding that person. So if, if it's on LinkedIn, go and have a look at their profile there may be something in there that you can connect with. There's, you know, for example, with me, there may be people, I have people reaching out to me to connect simply because they're accountants. They're part of um, the ACCA and, and I, so am I. So maybe that's part of it. So there's a connection. So when you reach out and you message yeah. them, there's something about that and offer to, you know, to help, offer to, you know, if you want to jump on a call and have a chat about something. And this doesn't have to be just because I've got a business. It's also just as expanding that network talk to people you want to know more about people yeah I think uh, to sum that up the, the, the point there is it's showing an interest in others yeah yeah so it could be it could even be a post and, that and you see a post that's really I really like that point of view great opportunity to message them and connect yeah them. 
just the subtle things like that yeah that's where people feel it's more genuine it's more sincere rather than hey you know um i see you're struggling with this i've got this program that can really help N- not not quite the approach i would take yeah and i think as well um something to add on as well if you do sort of go in with that direct approach of selling or providing services or anything um it's sort of i think you're also limiting yourself on what that connection and opportunity can bring because yes you might be able to get through and you get sold the product or the program and yay new client but you know if you built a rapport and a relationship that could have turned into a five-year relationship it could have turned into my best mate that we go golfing with you know it could have turned into my boss like there are so many opportunities more than obviously immediate um so I think it's also sort of don't limit yourself yeah and, and I think one thing from what you just said actually it, it's it's really pertinent is letting go of expectations of the outcomes so it's yeah. just genuinely about wanting to expand your up and get to know people and, and yeah. in some way adding value to their life in, in, in some shape or form it's not always about me no exactly <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes um, as well you so- know the rule of karma is what what you you know you'll get back what you put out you'll get back and I, I've seen that many a uh-huh. time you know the more you help people you do things for other people without looking for anything in return um that will be reciprocated yeah. so it's a lot of reciprocity rather isn't it um but actually yeah you'll get that back and it won't necessarily be from that person that things will come to yeah. you and you think oh you know it, it's yeah very powerful it's all energies absolutely <laughs> that's the main thing it's all energies. it is <laughs> um so that was um obviously a very valid important point and it sort of the way that we've gone through the conversation of sort of the six c's um you can see sort of how they're building upon each other and sort of how you need the last c to get into the next one mm. um so i guess now we've come to the finale um so what is the what is the last seed to I guess tie this up into how you can build your personal brand to be the success that you wish to be yeah so so that is specifically what you just outlined which is bringing all of this together now and integrating it um to the final seed which is cultivate cultivating leadership and what I mean by that it's not about your job title it's about being a leader in your own right in terms of your behaviors your actions your attitude um and so by integrating all of the things we've spoken about and then firstly by doing that you're self-led so you're leading yourself as an individual and by virtue of that people will perceive you as a leader so people will be drawn towards you whether it's to um you know, have them in, in, have you in their team or to, to, to look at a promotion with you or headhunting you. And also people wanting to learn from you. So they may want you to mentor them um, and simply give them advice. Um, and, you know, you're someone as a, like a thought leader, you perceive as a thought leader, a go-to person. Um, it's not about the job title. It's about your actions and how you come across that brand that you've created. So there's two parts to cultivate. It's firstly, self-led self self-leadership and then it's about leading others yeah. as well to being an influencer and I think it's that main point that you said that you just don't have to be 
big job title in the C-suite to cultivate leadership, but also change, you know, you can create the environment around you, you know, in the office with your teams and so forth. Um, And I think sort of the last point as well is sort of that, once again, summarizing it all up and sort of taking control of yourself to be able to, you know, effectively lead others and build build that core environment that we've spoken about to be beneficial to yourself but also to them um so that it's a beneficial circle for everyone that's involved um and those six c's are definitely um powerful i'm definitely going to review sort of my personal brand and see how i can do both obviously online um because we're we're online all the time now um but i guess maybe also you know preparing um when we get out of this you know what what will be possible what shall we do what will be our physical meetings like um and sort of obviously preparing for that um but I guess just to summarize do you have any parting words for our listeners um because yeah you've already shared so much um which is amazing to hear but any uh, parting words for us I'd say um, my biggest piece of advice for anyone who's listening is, um, and, and this is actually reflected in my, in my TEDx talk that I did recently, was to to show up, to step up, and to speak up. Nice. Those are key things because anything is possible. It really is. And I think in this time, that's something, um, th- those are the best parting words because we need to believe you know, and a bit more positivity and hopefulness mm. rather than falling back to our fears. Um, but um, I guess the last thing that I would like you to share with us, actually, Leela, is obviously how can our listeners get in touch, follow up? Because obviously you shared um, the six C's. Mm. Um, obviously, as you've said, this your whole this is your life this is your business now um so this is only one part of it um so yeah share with our listeners how they can get in touch follow up find out more of course i mean the easiest way to connect with me is on linkedin so just message me on linkedin let me know if you happen to have listened to this podcast you'd like to learn more um have a chat i'm always welcome to jumping on calls with people and just giving them some advice um you know based on uh, whether it's around personal branding or just career support in, in any way so linkedin is the easiest way to find me um and i believe my um the link to find me is simply if you type in linkedin i think is it forward slash or backslash in and then it is literally yeah, leela hyphen sing i think it is um so there's no numbers and uh, letters at the end of it it's just leela sing but yeah, that's the easiest way to connect. You can just yeah. message me straight um, there. And um, and I've also got a website, leelasing.com. Um, you can connect with me through there and message me also. So yes. And I have a group on LinkedIn as well where I share a lot of content and, and tips on personal branding. So by all means, you can connect with me there too. Nice. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, and if you listened into the whole podcast, you would know, don't just send a blanket connect on LinkedIn, send a personalized one. Um, but thank you so much for your time. You've shared invaluable advice and just obviously steps that we can actually implement right now. Um, and just, yeah, thank you for your time. And I wish you a great Friday. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jordan, for having me. It's been a pleasure.